Hey everybody, we back again. Spider-Man fell. Oh no. Uh, I'm Spencer, and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist and plushy enthusiast, Naz. Hello, people. Hello, hello. And hello, enthusiast. Uh, this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and the mental health aspects that surround them. Yep. We also have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do Exactly. Uh, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and before we get into business, please hit our link tree where we have a ton of resources, especially in our Google Doc um, or our Google Drive. Uh, Nas took a lot of time to prepare that. So please check it out. Tons of resources. And if you do check it out, please leave a tip for us. Like I said, took Nas a lot of work to put into that and uh anything else yeah yes anything helps a dollar that's as low i'm gonna go go all right just a dollar one dollar right? one dollar price is $1. right <laughs> okay. all right so this part two of three for ted lasso um since the show's kind of well it's coming to an end haven't seen it yet so no one spoil it um since it's coming to an end, we wanted to really kind of deep dive into Ted Lasso, um, all the different characters um, that we want to really break down. Um, for the last one, we mainly talked about um, Ted's panic attacks. Um, now, this time around, we're going to be talking about um, Ted and his father or the father issues that he has around him. Yep. Right. And so we're going to be taking a look at three scenes. Um, one talking about um, Ted actually telling his therapist um, about his dad killing himself. Um, and then we're going to be uh, taking a deep dive into the therapist scene where he's talking to his therapist about his father. Um, and then the third scene about um, Ted talking to his mom and how he kind of Gives her the business. Yeah, it gets interesting, yeah. people. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, so we're going to be taking a look at those scenes. Um, Naz, anything before we get into it? Uh, yeah. So we're going to check out these three scenes. I'm really excited to dive into this. I'm going to try and therapize him as best as I can. And also throw some case studies in like I usually do. Um, again, <laughs> shout out to our listeners. Uh, right, The biggest cities that pay attention, biggest states or cities is New Jersey, uh, California, LA, um, many Minnesota, Minneapolis, and we're known to stay strong. And then, you know, way, way, way down under is Michigan. You're slacking Michigan, but the yeah. people in Detroit, Warren, I appreciate you. Uh, people in Detroit, I appreciate you a lot. So, uh, let's check out these scenes. Let's have some fun. Remember the resources, uh, they are free on there. Tons of education, worksheets, tons of fun things for self-help. So go ahead, check it out. Work on your stuff. Yes. All right. Let's get into it. Also, before we get into it, what? we have guests coming on oh, yeah. for June. And so uh, it's going to be very exciting. Bring new blood, new blood, Some new blood. into here. Yeah. Yes. And then we also, we have doctors, we have philanthropists. We have... Yeah. 
Phlebotomist. Phlebotomist. <laughs> yeah, we should get somebody on. Like, why did you do this? <laughs> why did you make people's minds go to mush? Yep. Um, <laughs> so we're going to, we have a ton of awesome people that are going to come on. We got some Instagram yeah. folks too. Some fellow neurodivergent yes. folks that are going to hop on. So it should be really exciting. Month of June. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Whoop, whoop. Booty whoop. Commercial break. Two of them. Sponsored by potatoes. Any brand or just potatoes? <laughs> no, just, just potatoes. Not even Idaho potatoes. Just <laughs> random ass potatoes. It, uh, you get one potato. Hey, you know those potatoes you grew in your garden? Sponsored. <laughs> That's about a potato from your garden. Those right. motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Coach Lasso. Sorry about the loss. Oh, and thank you for the new bicycle. It's very kind, but unnecessary. Coach Lasso? My father killed himself when I was 16. That happened to me and to my mom. I'm so sorry, Ted. And look, I don't know if that's where maybe some of my issues stem from. But... No, it definitely is. Right, so that makes sense. Do you want to talk about it now? No, no, not right now. I, I need to get back inside of the team. I just wanted you to know. Okay, thank you for telling me, Ted. Please call if you need me. I will. I will, I'm sorry. I will. It's okay. Good night, Ted. How are you feeling, Ted? I'm better. You know, not great, but better. Good. Because when someone's not great, that allows me to get in there and do my thing. Yeah. May I sit down? I wish your doctor would, yeah. You want something to drink? A cup of tea or something? No, thank you. I hate tea. Tastes like a wet paper bag. I'll tell you anything. Ted, it's not surprising that you had a panic attack. It's possible that going to this funeral would trigger memories of going to your own father's funeral. <sighs> nope, nope, nope. I didn't go to my dad's funeral. Okay, why not? Because he quit. No, he quit on his family. Quit on himself. And I hated him for that. I think I still hate him for it. I think you do too, Ted. And that's okay. What happened with your father is a difficult thing for anyone to make sense of, especially his teenage son. 
to grey. Okay. Okay, good. Why don't you share with me what happened? One in September. I remember the date because me and a bunch of high school buddies were going to do a marathon of all them Jason movies that night. So I, you know, came home from school as usual and I went up to my room. Bang! I opened up the door and there he was. Screamed. Choked, cried, ran upstairs, called 911. Went to the fridge, grabbed one of the Coors lights, drank that. Then I called my mom at work and let her know she needed to come home. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you, Ted. Yeah, me too. And I understand why you're angry with him. He took a lot away from you. And my mom. And your mom, yes. I'm curious about something. What was he like? He was a good man, you know. Real chatterbox, believe it or not. Probably could have been a little bit better listening box at times. <laughs> what did you love about him? You told me what you hate about him. I'd love to hear something you remember that made you feel good. <laughs> when I was in fifth or sixth grade, there was this book called Johnny Tremaine. And our homework for like a month was to read this book. At the end of the month, I hadn't read a lick of it. <laughs> and we had a test, big test, like the next day. And the night before, I was anxious as all heck, and I couldn't sleep. And my dad starts getting after me about that. And I start crying. And he's like, whoa, buddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I tell him what's up. And he says, hey, don't worry about it. Okay, just go up to your room, lay your head on your pillow, and think about something you're looking forward to. So that's what I did. Next morning, I wake up, and he says, hey, you ain't gonna ride your bike to school. I'm gonna drive you. I'm all right. And on the way to school, he talks me through the entire book, like it's a uh, bedtime story or something. Because he stayed up all night, the whole night, reading the whole damn thing. Because he didn't want his little boy stressed out over some stupid, silly test. And I ended up getting an A. Oh. <laughs> He was a good dad. I don't think he knew that. I think he would have known how good he was and stuff he didn't really care about being good at. He, I don't think he would have done it. And I wish I would have told him. I wish I would have told him more. I was just so angry at him. 
because he was always gone at work and just out with friends or something like that. And then he was gone. <laughs> and I knew right then and there that I was never going to let anybody get by me without understanding they might be hurting inside, you know? Life, it's hard. It's real hard. Thank you, Ted. I don't know if this is illegal or something, but can I have a hug? Sure. It's okay. Are you going to charge me for this session? Of course I am. Okay. For the house call. I appreciate your integrity. You're welcome. Yeah, okay. Hey, congratulations on your big win. I didn't know if you'd be in the mood for meatloaf or lasagna, so I made both. <laughs> Mom, what's wrong? Why are you here? What do you mean? I mean, if you got something you need to say to me, I'd appreciate if you just went ahead and said it. Oh, stop. I just want to spend my last night in London with my son and make sure everything's all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for cooking dinner, both of them. Oh, you're welcome. And fuck you for not wanting to talk. Excuse me? Thank you for flying all the way here to come see me. And fuck you for not telling me you were coming. Thank you for all the small, silly little things you did for me as a kid, you know, like hiding notes in my lunchbox or uh, putting googly eyes on the fruit at the supermarket just to make me laugh. And fuck you for not working on yourself or seeking help after we lost dad. And for not talking to me about it either, just glossing over the whole thing and, and acting like everything was all right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what to do, Ted, so I pretended I was okay. Okay, well thank you for the apology. Fuck you for making me think I had to pretend to. All right, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing all this with me. I just wish you hadn't carried it around for so long. Yeah, okay. And um, you're right, Ted, I do have something to say to you. Your son misses you. being a parent. Sometimes you lose, and sometimes you win, but most of the time you just tie. All we can do is 
just keep playing. Take a seat and I'll uh, I'll serve you dinner for once, okay? What? Come on now, Cobb's Club. Oh. Go on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, this therapist must be doing you some good. <laughs> I'm leave her out of this. Oh, wait, she hears about this. Okay, you know what? Let's yeah. start the wine. Let's do it. And we're back, everybody. We're, we're back. back. We're live. All right. We're live like a freshly fried potato. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, just watch the scene, a few scenes. Um, Nas, do you want to kind of break down the first scene, and then we'll go from there? Uh, yeah. So, this first scene, I just want to go over it kind of quickly. Um, there's not a lot in it, but it does start us off on our journey. And now, yes. Spence introduced the next scene. Uh, so it's after the game, right? Uh, they win the game. Uh, Jamie Tart's dad comes in and starts roughing up Jamie, trying to get some signatures or some uh, trying to get uh, on the field and stuff. And then his dad freaks out, starts like getting abusive, right? Mm -hmm. Jamie punches him. All this is it, it wild. They kick the dad out. Coach sees it, starts to freak out. Looks like it could be pseudo panic attack, but it's definitely triggering in a lot of different ways. Makes him think about fathers. His son makes him think about a lot of different things. He leaves. Calls a therapist. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey. So my dad killed myself. That's why I've been holding back. That's what's going on with me. Uh, I just thought you should know that. She says, thank you for telling me that. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. He cries. Then he goes back into his players. Uh, why did I pick that scene? Because that was the episode where she starts it off with this guy's stubborn and I don't know how to work on him and he won't let me in and he uses his laughter and his humor to to push people away and keep others away, but they're happy, right? He's, it's a defense mechanism mm -hmm. based on some type of trauma that she doesn't know how to get through. And then her therapist or her mentor or supervisor is like, oh, it sounds like someone I know making fun of her. So she gives him a little bit of her world after she goes. To, uh, she gets in a car accident. She gets hit by a car. Uh, she cracks and gives him a little bit. She not confides, but self disclosure. We call it. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of therapists do not agree with self disclosure. They're more stoic and reserved. Um, you know, to me, I've been trained. If it can help the individual, then you can disclose some things, long as it's on their track, long as it's about them and not like them work talking about you or feeling bad for you. So it's a very powerful moment because that's the scene where he finally shows vulnerability. And that's when all the work can be done because now you've admitted there's an issue to a therapist. Well, now we can work on some shit. So that was episode eight, season two. Yes. Episode 10 is what we're getting ready to get into. And that's where yes. we're going to do the heavy lifting. Uh, and then we'll do season three in a second here. All right. Yes. So let's break, uh, let's break down the context of what the mm -hmm. hell just happened and what led us to that second scene there. Yeah, so uh, we find out that Rebecca's father 
dies and um Ted didn't really Ted was going to go to the funeral at first but then he started thinking about eh I think he had another pan, uh, panic attack and was kind of like I don't know if I should go to this um come to find out you know he calls his therapist she comes over and we find out that he actually didn't even see um he didn't even go to his own father's funeral right yeah. and so and especially um since him and Rebecca are dealing with father issues. We see um, a few times where they kind of cut back and forth in the scene um, where they're talking about a moment that really defined, you know, their fathers to them to that point. Um, Because uh, Ted walked in on his dad after he killed himself. And um, he seemed to be very calm about it um yes. or how he how he kind of talks through he seems to be calm when he saw it <laughs> went in the fridge drank one of his bud lights called his mom called the ambulance um kind of interesting um way to go maybe he just like really car- compartmentalized what was it compartmentalized it's so hard it's so hard yeah um he, he really uh packed it down we'll say yeah. that yeah really packed it down um packed it in deep and then um and then yeah so they're kind of talking through it and kind of what happened right and then rebecca talks about how she walked in on her father sleeping with another woman and cheating mm-hmm. um but um this at this point like you said um, he wasn't really opening up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he would kind of have his defense mechanism, uh, making people laugh. But then we also see at a point when she's not really taking that anymore, he kind of gets frustrated with her, um, especially when she says that she's going to leave. Right. And so um, I think this is a great scene, um, especially for her. Like she's really listening and making sure to ask the right questions. Um, I also love the fact that she talked about, um, like she made him say something good about her father or about his father, um, because um, obviously he was really, um, had a really negative light on his father thought he was a coward, thought he was just running away. And then we can also see that where uh, with Ted about how he's with his son, right? He's really afraid to lose him slash, you know, he's afraid that uh, if he quits, um, then he's going to be just like his dad and, you know, be a quitter for everything, right? And maybe he would even take his own life. I think that's what he was kind of going for personally. Um, So like if he quit being the, you know, the coach for the team, then he's not only quitting on that team, but then he's just quitting on everything in general. That's how I kind of see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, so that's kind of the gist of it. Um, Naz, what did you think of the scene? What do you think? Uh, Most powerful parts, therapeutically powerful, is when she changes the vibe. Right. To talk about the good stuff, because that was a change. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why, why, why are we, we going to talk about that? Well, you told me all the things that you hate about him, and you, we definitely dislike him. What were some of the good yes. things that you liked? And then he tells a magnificent story about how mm-hmm. his dad made him feel and helped him for that exam. And he said, you know, I didn't tell my dad that enough. 
how much I loved him. And he, but he was just always so busy and and with friends, and I just didn't get enough time with him. And what we know from earlier in the season, I think it's this season, or might have been the prior one. No, it's this one. It's when the dude, the murder, or Rupert, he try he buys back some of the team, and they're at the pub playing darts. Yeah. And he said, I was yeah. with my dad, and he beats him in darts. I, was, I played darts with my dad every Sunday mm-hmm. for for a couple hours from 10 to 16. I assume his mm-hmm. dad took his life around that 16 is age. Yeah, he said uh, that he he passed when he was 16. So. There you go. So 16. So he was with his dad a lot. Dad meant a lot to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, very tragic that it was discontinued. Everything just stopped. Uh, very powerful part is the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, you walk into the house and you just hear a gun go off. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty twisted. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I work with a lot of clients. I've had clients uh, with, with uh, a lot of death in the family, cancer, accidents. Uh, I do not think I've had any by suicide. Uh, I don't. Most of it has been health concerns or accidents. Um mm-hmm. Or murder. I had some with murder. Uh, but I haven't had any with suicide, so that's an even tougher pill to swallow. Um, so I, it was very traumatic uh, for him to go through. Mm-hmm. And the therapist, she's doing good. She's validating. She's listening. You know, she's being empathetic and kind and soft, but she's also a hard ass, and she keeps you on your shit. Uh, yeah. And she vibes with him on certain things about tea, right? Because they hate tea, and they think yeah. it tastes like dog water or... A trash bag. I will tell you anything. 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 Um, I love with Ted, his personality changes from serious to the act. Like, there's a normal Ted that's, like, always acting and bubbly and full of shit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, the normal him, which is actually just kind of, like, a little depressed, a little anxious. Do you think that's a... you think he's just kind of acting when he does that? Or do you think, like, that's a genuine thing? I think that he wants his personality to be genuine and maybe that mm-hmm. is the genuine personality, the bubbliness, but it was created right. out of a trauma response to make sure mm-hmm. that no one, ever, so that's the next biggest point is to make sure that no one ever felt like that. So that's when I cried during the episode. Right. Uh, no. So is it genuine? Yes. And no, because technically right. he's doing it to make others feel well, but he does it so much. Now it has become him. Yeah. And I would say like that just for him, like you said, like living's tough, like it's tough. Right. And so even if like it is put on that dude's put it in a lot of work yes. to not be, you know, not negative, but, you know, not to be just down about everything. Right. And to kind of have that bubbly personality that takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy to do that. Completely opposite. He did a 180 yeah. went the opposite direction of his dad. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to try and keep some things in order. So it's the things that he has in common with his father. Chatterbox. Mm-hmm. Right. They yeah. talked about him being Chatterbox. They talked about him being upbeat and having a lot of people. So that's what he become. He also dad. being a good dad. They also talked about him being uh, working a lot. And so that's one of the main issues mm-hmm. is that he works a lot with these teams and he's not showing his kid or his wife enough attention. Right. 
Uh, and I think we really see that in a lot in coaches, like, well, in a lot of documentaries that I've seen, yep. um, especially when coaches have kids or if they're doing like college uh, or anything like that, like they have to be parents to a lot of these kids because yes. they don't have parents. And so then that takes away, you know, um, a lot of time and a lot of like emotional moments in life. Yep. Yeah. Takes away a lot. It takes away a lot of compassion and empathy. We're going to talk yeah. more about that, specifically about therapists and dynamics. Uh, when we talk about the, episode, uh, the, TV, the Apple TV show Shrinking. So we're going to get mm-hmm. into that uh, with a different therapist. Um, but I think, you know, he tried to avoid becoming his dad, and then he still kind of became his dad. That's how it usually goes, right, though? It's like yeah. we sometimes don't want to be like our parents, but then... At the end of the day, we end up like them, right? Yeah, yeah, we end up as like some parts of them we take one hundred percent. We just, we yeah. just do. They just become part of us. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. He definitely loves the good things about his dad and how he makes people feel. Like he took a lot of the good things from dad, and he took a couple of the bad things too. Um, mm-hmm. Masking all his emotions when he's really sad and fucking angry. Why? Well, I assume that's what his dad was doing because his dad never said anything. And then, you right. know, he took his own life. So something was going on. Right. Yeah. Which is tough because men. Go ahead. I just wonder if, you know, because we saw in season three, it was kind of, uh, and we'll see in like, he says it in the next scene, um, but he's kind of avoiding um, his kid because he knows that at some point he's going to leave. Right. And yep. he might mean that like college or you know, just maybe in life in general, he'll just leave. Um, especially since he might have like a stepdad um, soon or whatever with the therapist, but we'll talk about that yeah. in the last part. Cause that was fucked up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wonder if his father was kind of the same way. Obviously he did it with his working, but I also wonder if maybe, um, maybe just at some point just started like kind of ignoring him or maybe just not taking those times out. Because he kind of knew that he wanted to take his own life. Maybe. maybe. Maybe he was trying to pull away from him. Maybe he just felt insecure about the relationship. Maybe yeah. there was substance abuse issues. Like, we don't know what was the cause of his dad's depression or suicidality. Well, I mean, he did say that it was his dad's Bud Light or whatever. And there was beer in the fridge. Yeah. So he could have had a drinking problem. Could have. Uh, and then right there at the pub every Sunday. True. So, I mean, so I'm, yeah, coming from that, I'm assuming he, we don't know, right? Drinking Drinking isn't always correlated with suicide or depression, but something to be noted. Um, So, for those of you that have lost people, right? I mean, obviously, this scene's probably going to be pretty tough. Uh, Yeah. For those of you that battle depression or suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts, suicide ideations, Mm-hmm. This scene probably gonna be a little tough, uh, or if you've have family members or loved ones, partners have battled that stuff, gonna be pretty tough. Um, and I like to say there's a difference between suicidal, like acts, wants, needs, intent, and like passive thoughts. So, you know, the baseline, the stuff I'm not worried about is when my clients talk about like passive thoughts, passive ideations. So, like you know. I could walk in front of this car and get hit and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, mm-hmm. you know, I could just, I could just, you know, drive off of this cliff right here. I'm like, okay. 
or, you know, if something happened to me and I wasn't in control of it, then I'd be okay with it. I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm not really too worried about that. A lot of my clients will talk about, you know, if I didn't just wake up or if I just wasn't alive or just, if I just didn't exist, those are passive mm-hmm. things. I'm not going to be too worried about that. Obviously it's fucked up and we don't want you to think that way. But like that, that, that stuff happens to a lot of people, uh, that passive ideation. Right. So that's not something really too worrisome where you would be maybe mm-hmm. hospitalized by a therapist, someone like me. The next step up though, is like when you start like researching some stuff, like what's the best ways to take my own life. And then you tell me as a therapist, now, now there's a plan. Now there's research. Now there's intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you say that, you know, now as I had a visual. So if you start visualizing on ways on how you may do some things, now it's went from the passive stuff to a little bit more intentful to where it could happen. If you can't promise me that it won't happen, it starts to get a little sus. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had clients have visuals like, yeah, now as I trigger warning for the rest of this conversation on the scene, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be about suicide. So if had clients talk about visuals where they talked about like legit just jumping off the roof and they're like, I'm not going to do this, but I thought about it. I've had clients that have went to the roof. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, they're the ones usually sometimes they have to hospitalize because, you know, they're actually at the roof. And thus, you know, when they tell me about it, I'm like, okay, what, 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 there's too many sh- shit going on. Um, I've had clients say, you know, I visualized myself you know, shotgun to the, to the, you know, the body. I'm not going to say what body part. Um mm-hmm. But it's a visual. And so some people, when they're more stressed or anxious, they'll have more intrusive thoughts. They don't really mean anything. They're just intrusive. And so when I let people know we work on that, they, they carry no weight. But when it starts to become more intentful, or when we don't see a way out, and this is the only way out, and there's uh, maybe even some items in the house, this is when we have to start getting rid of stuff. Right. This is when I have to go uh, a safety plan. So when you have this thought or feeling, this is the things you're going to do. Boom, 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 boom. You're going to do all this like coping mechanism stuff. These are the people that I could call. Call. Boom, 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 boom. This is the ways to make sure that my house or apartment is safe. Mm-hmm. And then worst case scenario, here's the hotline number for everyone. It's 988. You can call 988-911-988 or you can text it. Suicide hotline number. Uh, they shortened it. Um, there's going to be local numbers around you. If you're on a college campus, you will call the campus, uh, telephone number. Um, and worst case scenario, just call 911. So there's options for you in that safety plan. Everyone should have one. If they have any suicidal thoughts, feelings, or gestures, but sometimes we can't cognitively function enough to make that plan and things get worse and worse and worse. Uh, so you got Ted, who's now been traumatized by his father. You see Rebecca in this scene. She's like crying and animated and she's like in her stuff. He is like dissociated from his stuff. There's no emotions, as Spence said. He's just kind of like, he's dissociated. And to me, that's yeah. it's worrisome. Um, mm-hmm. Then he tells you how angry he is because his dad quit. Fuck, I'm not going to funeral. He quit. He quit on me. He quit on my mom. He's mad at both. He's really mad that he quit on his mom because that fucked mom up and thus fucked him up. Right. Uh, so we'd have to therapize the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, she did good by getting him to draw out some good things. She did good at validating him being angry and that it was messed up that his dad did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on how that goes. Some clients could be like, yeah. Thank you for make, saying that it's okay to be angry or that it's okay to be messed up. 
I would also try to get him to just back off from being so angry at dad because you don't know what dad was going through. Like, yeah, was it selfish and it hurt you a lot? Yeah. Uh, Dad must have been pretty messed up to do that. People just don't do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it makes me have some empathy for Pops. Uh, I mean, obviously, as we see in the next scene, you know, fuck you. And also, I love you. Yeah. I think. What did I write down? Uh, tons of sadness. Obviously, he has a little bit of PTSD from it, but the biggest thing is the personality change. So that's when I cried. So it's like Robin Williams. He said, "When you've been that low, when you know what that pain is, you know what you know what depression or suicide is. You know, you do. Some of us put on this mask to make sure that people are happy because you never want them to ever in your person to feel that way. They will feel mm-hmm. joy and lighter." After leaving your presence. Like, hmm. I wonder who that sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I started to get emotional during that one. Because I just don't want anyone to feel neglected. So that's what Ted does. His whole thing, his whole stick is. He looks at you. He talks to you. Seen at the very first episode. What's your name? Yeah. He's talking to everyone. What's your name? And oh, it's nice to meet you. Um, mm-hmm. everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this out of here. Like the Goddamn kit man. Americans. I'm telling you, the, trick me. the kit man, uh, which is Nate. They're like, you yeah. let Nate choose the plays and all that. He's like, oh yeah, that's Nate over there. He's a genius. He's over there kicking. I think this is a poo. There's a dog poo on the field. <laughs> it's. He makes everyone feel loved and welcome and known. So that way, just in case they feel like shit, that they knew that someone showed them emotional connection and love in that day. Yeah. You know, there's some, there is some studies showing that people that have been through a lot of trauma have more empathy than others. Mm -hmm. A lot of learned empathy. Um, But he, the personality changed. He wanted to make sure that no one ever did what his dad did. So what he did is put on this mask and he put on this clown face and and he made people happy, even though he was super fucking sad and he saw his mom was sad, and miserable. Uh, but he just put on a face and then that got him to win a lot of games and people loved him. Yeah. People and his players loved him. Yeah. They were also talking mad shit about him too. So let's be honest. <laughs> talking mad shit. Saying like he was soft and shit like that. Oh yeah. Um, so eventually they all come over, but yeah. And that's like kind of the ups and downs of like, especially being a coach for any type Mm -hmm. of sport, people are going to be passionate about it. Right. And, um, but he, he took an approach of actually being able to talk to the fans themselves, which not a lot of coaches do that. Um, or at least kind of live around that area and be like, Hey, and go to the pub where they all watch games and shit. Um, but I will say, um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKinley, I forgot his name. Yeah. Um, uh, they actually own a team called Wrexham and, mm-hmm. um, they actually did that. They actually went there and then they started talking to like all the locals and making sure that the community, since the team is like a community based team, it's like, mm-hmm. got to make sure that they're happy 
in order to make sure everyone else is happy. So mm-hmm. I kind of like how they sprinkled that into there. Um, especially, you know, they probably watched Ted Lasso and some shit and was like, let's do that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It's funny because Jamie Tart, uh, well, the actor that plays him, he said that mm-hmm. technically the show isn't that well known in, in Europe. It's a famous in America, but not so much in Europe. That's and interesting. he said he walks around everywhere in England. He's like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm super fucking famous in America, folks. And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's like, I promise you I'm famous. Which is weird because they have so many references to actual teams. Yep. All of it. Think and it's like... all part of the culture and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. I do think it's very authentic, but maybe it's not authentic. But I feel like it is. It probably is. There's this really cool team in the soccer league now that got promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were in a smaller, the champion league, but now they're in the premier league. And so they just literally did what Richmond did. Uh, I think it, Luton, it was either Luton or Lofton. Uh, it was, it just happened Wednesday. So yesterday where oh, they got there. promoted um, and they, they weren't even a team like six years ago. And now they're like promoted from like no ones and they got promoted four times. Wow. Yeah, literally the stadium is like packed in a bu- by a bunch of houses. It's just all houses okay. in the stadium. It's really cool. Um, yeah, that's so it cool. does happen. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people did not like him, and you'll catch that with some therapists or some mm-hmm. people that are like really nice or like comforting and cuddly. You're like, I don't trust mm-hmm. this motherfucker. I don't know. And then you get to know him, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's not too good. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with me for a lot of people. A lot, a lot of folks would be like, eh. And then they'll be like, at the end of therapy, I don't know how I'm going to live without you. Like, motherfucker, you didn't even like me when we first met. Like, you'll be fine. They're like, yeah, but I don't know how we're going to do that. That changed so much since I started talking to you. <laughs> we did. Uh, there was a bunch of humans recently because the end of the semester and they all graduated. And they're like, mm-hmm. this is the last time, isn't it? I said, no, homie, we can meet. I'll meet you next week real quick and we'll say goodbye then. Mm-hmm. Usually, students don't want to do that. They rather just say goodbye in that moment because you don't want to say they most of the avoid the big goodbye because that's like who the fuck wants to say a big goodbye and then start crying the whole time. True. So they're like, "This is it." I've had a couple take me up on it, and that's when we do like a little gift exchange, and then right, it's like really emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. And I did the same thing. Uh, well, technically, Ted's like, "Hey, is it illegal for you to hug me?" It's not illegal. It's just mm-hmm. a lot, not a lot of therapists will well, touch. Frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to get into trouble or anything misinterpreted, uh, right? Misunderstood. A lot of gender right. stuff in that too. Uh, but one of the one of the kiddos, I can tell they wanted a hug. I said, "You want a hug, kiddo?" He said, "I've been wanting to ask for so long, but I didn't. I didn't want to make you feel weird." I said, "Sorry, kiddo. Come on." And I gave them one of them old, the old. Long squeezes, and they were just sobbing, just like Ted was. It was intense. Um, mm. She did very good at therapizing the hell out of him. Uh, yeah. What would need to be further broken down is his personality versus dad's. How can he set mm. some boundaries around people pleasing so much and putting on the show, and you know, right. spitballing all the time? That shit's tiresome. And then how are you going to go home and love your wife? your partner, your husband, and your child because you just shot your whole wad of energy and love and empathy at work. Right. Yeah. It's gone. You only got so much compassion and love to give. That's just not infinite. Right. That's why people love animals because you come home, the animal just loves you. You don't have to do anything. 
But I think that's why um, that's why him and his friendship with Beard is so great um, because Beard doesn't really need anything from him other than just being like his friend, right? Um, they'll do stuff together, but at the same time, they don't need to be together all the time. Oh, yeah. And so Ted can really kind of just let go with him. Let um, go, talk, yeah, fraternize, drink. And then he'll call him on a shit. So, you know, Beard, definitely mm-hmm. neurodivergent. 100% yeah. neurodivergent. We're going to get into all the breaking down all the characters in the next pod with Dominique. Uh, yes. But Beard's neurodivergent as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Beard. I did not. Ex- oh, my God. When you see the what? last episode, you in the first scene, you're going to be like, Jesus. No, you're just gonna be like, Jesus Christ, man. Probably. Probably. Oh That's my, my god. They throw so much at you in that first scene. I'm just like, for real. What is going on? <laughs> um I'm just scanning my notes here, people. Um so a lot of people that deal with death. One to two months. I think they have normals. They work with me one to two months. And then mm-hmm. they can start feeling like more normal. Uh, that That's immediate death. Um, I got clients that are working through old deaths right now. And then feeling like mm-hmm. they let the people down. Or that they've shamed themselves in the in the name of their, their parents, sibling, whatever it was. Uh, so we work through that stuff. We do a lot of journaling and dialoguing back and forth to work through that trauma. Or, or to talk to their loved ones that have passed. Um, but specifically, this is him being mad at his dad. So I would definitely have him have some conversations with his dad, man, and let some of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, is if you blame yourself, like, how did I not know that that's what happens with a lot of people that do suicide, uh, suicide attempts and their friends come in to see me because they're traumatized. They're like, how did I not know? I said, you don't fucking know, man. People are good at hiding it. Uh, they didn't want Especially you to know. Parents. Yeah. <laughs> They hide it. Uh, They protect you. And people just don't always just come out and say those things. Um, So if you don't know or you didn't catch it or you didn't see the signs, don't blame yourself. It's not on you. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest thing I try to tell my clients uh, when something like this happens. It's not on you. It is not on you. But, you know, I should have known he was going to it. How, how, How would you should have known? Yeah, like that makes... Factually, well, I'm just so selfish. No, you live in your own life. They live their own life. No, maybe you missed out on some subtle cues, but it's not up to you to be picking on subtle cues that someone's going to take their own life. Um, It's not up to you. No. No, it's not something that I think daily, like, oh, let me make sure, like, my best friend is not thinking about taking their own life. No, we're talking about string cheese. I'm not reading any more to this discussion other than string cheese. Right. And then you also don't want to like push them away by like constantly asking them Correct. like certain questions and stuff like that. Um, that obviously, you want to ask people questions, but you know, I think that's once you like really feel out like there's something going on here. Yes. That's after you think yeah. something's going on, like Spence said, not just like, hey, man, how did string cheese? You going to kill yourself? Huh? huh? Yeah. What? So it would be after you saw something or maybe you consulted with a friend or or, or someone else and then you can start 
having like these pseudo interventions. Yeah. But please don't take the blame on yourself. Uh, and a lot of the children, so like Ted's probably going to think that maybe he was too much. Maybe he caused it. Maybe it was mm-hmm. the bills or time. Maybe, right. And I can see where Ted would probably blame himself. And thus right. he changed his personality to make sure that he was always adding to people's lives instead of maybe him being a burden to people. Um, right. Definitely has some attachment issues. 100% that those need to be worked totally. on. Uh, and like when she tries to leave, when she quits her job, resigns and she moves mm-hmm. on, he like has a full on meltdown. So he has yeah. attachment issues about people leaving him. And I, I would too. Mm-hmm. Uh, correction. I do. Yeah. It's a there reason why I don't say goodbye. All right. Yep. I'll talk to you later. He's like, all right, peace up. Yeah. Like, right. like, all right, bye, man. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just driving away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't like it, man. Uh, I've had, you know, a loss and I've watched people walk away from me. Uh, um, mm-hmm. It's not good. So whenever I'm having students or clients say goodbye, I have them walk away because I can take on that trauma because I've already been in it. I don't want them to see me walk away because I know they can burn into your head and Mm -hmm. they don't need to see that image. And so I have people walk away from me. They choose when they're ready. I told a kid the other day, I said, hey, man, I'll cancel my next appointment. We just going to sit here. They said, what do you mean? I ain't kicking you out of my office. Whenever you're ready to leave my office, you'll leave my office. But I'm not kicking you out. You'll go when you're ready. Well, I've already been here for an hour. I said, okay, man, you're still full on sovereign, so I'm not kicking anyone out of my fucking office. So we sat there for another half hour. You got to watch out with people with uh, attachment issues or just love. People that love you so much, you got to make sure that it's on their terms and you're not just running away from them and cutting them off. Because people like me and Ted, people get really, 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 really close to us and they become infatuated with us because we're different. And they can't figure out why we're different. And most of the time it's because we're neurodivergent and people just enjoy our love. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Let's hop into you introduce scene three and then we'll chop that up and then I'm going to try and do like even more of all the scenes. Okay. Dump. Next scene is third season. I don't know what episode. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I think it's I think it's the it's, second to last episode. Yeah, I think it's a ten or eleven. It's called Mom City. Yeah, and um, so the backstory behind this is that Ted's mom surprised uh, Ted um, by flying to England and visiting him. Um, throughout the episode, Ted. Um, Says that he's happy she's there, but, you know, he's acting differently. He's kind of acting a little bit more reserved than he usually is. Um, And then his mom is talking to everybody, making friends with them, and, you know, just being really out there while he's kind of like, Mom, what the hell? Calm it down. Um, Yep. And and then it kind of all leads to this scene at the end where um, he finally has a confrontation with his mom. And um, tells her, fuck you, uh, multiple times. <laughs> I love you. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and um, she's 
very taken aback by that. Yeah, it's like, um, what the fuck is going on right now? It's just all of like I just made you lasagna meatloaf. Jesus, dude, I know. calm down. At least cuss right um, after you eat. Jeez. I know, right? Jeez. Um, so, and then he's kind of telling her the issues that, you know, that she did a lot of good things, but at the same time, she was acted like nothing really happened after um ted's dad died or killed himself um and so um now he's kind of really letting all of that out and you could probably tell that uh, from the beginning since he saw her he you know knew that he couldn't say anything right because you don't want to get your parents upset and then also you know she flew all the way there you don't want to just make her trip negative yep right um then she kind of tells him that uh her son misses him or his son misses him and um that was a big revelation for him um even though he knew it i think hearing it from his mom really kind of solidified it right and um then kind of tells how he's afraid um that his son's going to leave um and then they kind of sit down and eat dinner. So he kind of has like all of that kind of, kind of like burst of like, fuck you. And then he's like, oh, my bad. Sorry. My bad. Can't wait to tell my therapist about this. Um, so first kind of seeing the scene, um, I was actually watching him with Dom. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because it's like I kind of I kind of connect with that a little bit. Like I love my mom, love her to death, but there are just some times where I'm just like, "What's going on here? What's what's happening?" Like sometimes when she's talking, I'm just like, "Why are we talking about this?" Whatever. Um, but then also I would say is like I kind of relate to the fact of where it was um, where he says that she. Um, didn't really express anything once, you know, the death occurred and that um, she didn't really get help for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of relate to that. Cause my mom, her sister died and, you know, her way of kind of coping with it was going to work. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Which she now says that she regrets that, which is, you know, which is good. Um, but at the same time, my mom's, you know, she's not really going to see a therapist or anything like that. And that's not really knocking my mom. That's just how she is. You know, she's yep. old school. Different and generation. She, yeah, different, different generation. And so um, there are times where, you know, she has kind of broken down and things like that. So it's not like she just, just puts it under the bridge or anything like that. It's more of, you know, there are some things that kind of like trigger it. Um, like I've said before, um, in the first guardians of the galaxy, when um, Quill's mom died, like my mom was sobbing at that scene. Yeah. Um, Cause that's how my aunt passed away. And same thing kind of happened with my cousins. Like they screamed the same way. That's what she told me. And so I'm like, yep. Jesus Christ, can't watch that fucking movie again. Um, yep with her um but yeah and i i I really kind of um i go along with what ted says a little bit but then you know (laughs) sometimes you do want to be like fuck you (laughs) just fuck you um for not doing this for not doing that but at the same time you can really see the love that he has for his mom and just wished she opened up 
you just wish you did so yes that's what i kind of got from it um what'd you get from it uh good acting uh it's fuck you for not showing up for not working on yourself mm-hmm. for not talking to me or listening to me or just showing me that it was okay to express something you ran away mm-hmm. you hid you glossed over and so i saw that and that's what i did i saw that and that's what i replicated i became a mm-hmm. shell of myself and put on this fake persona for so long And maybe if mom would have stepped up a little bit, just a little bit, Mm -hmm. then the young man could have developed a better self and a better identity and wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. as such people-pleasing that he's always trying to do and cooking someone biscuits every single day for three Mm -hmm. years. Um, Maybe he could be more standoffish. Maybe he could have told Jamie Tart in the first season to go F himself when he was messing around and all that. But, you know, it took him where he was ready to blow up before he did it. But then again, he became a really good coach and really loving and everyone enjoyed it. But, you know, how much did you have to sacrifice? How many boundaries did you allow people to cross? How did it hurt your partner when you were at work and other people were soaking up all your love? Um, And then, thank you, Ma, for being like you because he is just like his Ma. He does all these small little kooky things to show people Mm -hmm. that he loves them. Presents and gifts, little talks, cookies, changing the water pressure in the in the place, right? I mean, he does all the small things. He's so thoughtful all the time. And then you see some realness in him whenever it's around his marriage. You see the anger come out because now it's unmasked. There's one part in the hotel where we're in a different city, Everton. Yes. Uh Close to something like that. And they've lost, they haven't won in 60 years. They go there. He's supposed to sign the divorce papers. And Nate is shoving the stuff. He doesn't know. He's so anxious, Nate. He doesn't know to shove the plays in or not. And he mm-hmm. wigs out on Nate. Okay. And you're like, whoa, 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 what is this? You see that he's got some stuff and he just hides it. Yeah. Um. So I see a lot in these movies. They're like, I'm always angry. I'm always, I'm always angry. I'm not always angry. Uh, me as a person is not. It's not always angry. I'm mostly just chill. Uh, and I can get razzed up really quick. Not as quick as I used to. I get really mm-hmm. revved up, razzed up when I feel like I need to protect someone. Well, then mm-hmm. it's it's like zero to 100 almost instantly. And it's actually quite scary on how I can't manage it as well as I should. Now I can. Didn't before. Mm-hmm. I was in the weight pit today because I had a really good day physically. I just felt good. And so I went to the weight pit. I thought about something. I, you know, they asked us at work. They said, what is your proudest moment? I said, I don't know, maybe getting my doctorate, buying a house for my father. Uh, and I think I, I think I would change some of those answers. And one of them was the one of the prouder moments is when my homie was getting married. Uh, and his ma doesn't talk much, probably no divergent to, because um, a normal boy is. And she goes, thank you for protecting my son all those years in college. I was devastated. And just started mm-hmm. sobbing in front of all these people at the wedding. I was like, oh, shit, I did something good? You mean tell me I wasn't a piece of shit? And a drunk? 
because I knew what I was doing. I was protecting people, but you know, it came out inappropriately sometimes. So how do I relate this back? Is you know, people might have seen me as very angry, but they knew me as like loving. They knew that I would die for most of my friends. Right. Especially when pushed towards protection, because that's when I start to wig out. Ted is somewhat in the same way. When he starts to feel like an attachment issue or something going real sideways that they can't control, that's when the boogeyman comes out. Because otherwise, he's just nothing but love. Like, right. he is constant, nonstop love. And you get that a lot from Pops, too, uh, until he gets uh, overstimulated. Like, we got into, like, a pseudo-argument today in a car over bread. Like, where, where'd you buy the bread at? I think I bought it here. No, you bought it here. I didn't buy it there. No, you bought it here. I'm like... I'm getting revved up now. I'm about to like Both slam the brakes. <laughs> Both of you get into your most. It's just like Jesus. Christ. Over bread. Yeah. Over where I brought the bread last week. It was so stupid. Uh, and, you know, I rarely get my buttons pushed like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought about this and I keep forgetting because of my ADHD. I thought about something that Dom said the other day I meant to apologize for. And we was in Toronto. And we were talking mm. about money and we were talking about how the Canadian coin is worth less or more than the American dollar. And I said, no, the Canadian coin's worth more. My dumb, mm. it's actually worth less. That's why everything costs more there. And I was like, said it somewhat sincerely the second time when we had it. And I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. I thought about it like literally like two days later. I'm like, I need to go back and apologize for this. Of course, I never do. Jesus I'm a, Christ, dude. Because I'm a man and I don't apologize for shit. I don't need to apologize for nothing special to no woman. I don't apologize for no woman's. <laughs> uh, no, it's legit my ADHD. It's not at all sexism. <laughs> Nick, the only thing that they're going to hear is... <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus. Uh, when Al Spence, she can let her know. Or when she listens to this pod, she's like, oh, thank you. No shit. Yeah, you she'll her. get to it. She'll get to it. Dude, Eventually, what is he talking about? I yeah, she won't know, shit. but I stew on things like that. I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. And it wasn't like I was aggressive or anything like that. I just, I normally don't like to speak on things unless I actually know what I'm talking about. In that mm -hmm. moment, it must have just been full-on dyslexia. Different story, for, different story for a different day. Um, the, the most powerful scene in that was, fuck you, I love you. And so I go through this with a lot with my clients, and I gave a little story about Pops today. Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients don't think that they can hold both of those feelings and emotions or they don't think that they can hold both of those feelings and emotions to some of the issues they've been through life traumatic things ADHD or like their mental health maybe they hate that they've been depressed and anxious but there's also some good things about it mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you need to be like grateful for your trauma that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but, be grateful for it but somewhere Take in there your trauma it, every day for who yeah. you are there you go. But somewhere in there, it did help build a person that you are. It made you more resilient. It made you something. Right. And if you made it through it, now you know nothing will ever be as bad as that. Now you know you can get through some shit with or without a therapist. Mm -hmm. Long as you don't allow it to like ruin your life moving forward to where you're like pushing your son away, your children away, your partner away. As long as you know that you have those within you, which I do have some of those issues within me where I don't let myself necessarily like fall in love uh, because I'm still worried about a lot of things and I have places to go. So I don't flip that switchy. I don't flip that switchy. Um, 
But specifically with my parents, I said, yeah, it's a lot of my students that have neglectful or abusive parents, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally. Uh, it's like, you know, like, I love my mom. I said, yeah, I get it. You love your mom. I love my dad. I get it. I get it. And they're like, Nas, I don't want to talk shit about them. I get it. Calm down. Mm-hmm. But they did this, this, and this. I said, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. Not going to lie, man. It's, it's what you just told me is really fucked up. Or what you just told me about your brother doing all this abusive stuff uh, physically or mentally because you were the smart one or you were the strong one or whatever it was. Or you were the favorite for some reason. Hey, I man, it's fucked up. But I love my brother. I said, you can still love your brother or whoever it was and also dislike the things that they did to you. Right. And so I think that's what happens to be the most healing for a lot of my clients. Spence is, uh, they realize that it doesn't have to be so polarizing that when they look back at their parents, it's all or nothing. You either hate them or love them. You can do both. Yeah. Especially if it's like old issues that you're working through, not the current stuff, because you're probably going to be one or the other in the current. Um, but if it's like older right. stuff you're trying to let go of, it doesn't have to be black and white. There's a lot of fucking gray when it comes to us and other people and emotions. Mm-hmm. Remember that people, uh, a lot of things I dislike about Pops. A lot of these things I disliked about Mom. And as when after she passed, you know, I started to love and appreciate and was grateful about so many things. Pops is like, well, that's your mama coming out on you. That's that mask inside. I'm like, okay, calm down. Calm down now. Um, my dad's Arab people. Uh, so. <laughs> he's white. He's white as shit. He's white the whitest man I know. He's, he's Arab, man. <laughs> Google me. Uh, one fun, yeah. One funny thing though, we were talking to Moses's kid the other day on the pod, and he's two, and he goes, "Hello, Santa." <laughs> it was awesome. Dad was That's like dying. Great. Oh, he was dying happy. It was awesome. Um, the kid, I thought the kid was saying Sam. No, the kid said Santa. <laughs> close, close, really close, really close. Yeah. Um. The oh, Arab Santa. Weird side note, I did like this old man filter on Inst- on Snapchat the other day. Literally my dad's hmm. twin. So I know what I'm going to look like in a couple years. Yeah, you're going to be exact same. <laughs> what do you mean? You both have like the same, same bald head right now. Everything. Yeah, it's all the same. You just, well, need, I have, a, you just need a beard. That's longer. I have, my dad's, or I have my mom's body though. So literally my body and the way it's made and shaped and the knees uh-huh. and all that and the big wide back and all that, it's mom. Jesus Christ. Got the bosoms too. <laughs> Sorry. Need a bra. Keep them yeah. down. I'm telling you. But hey, want... soccer players wear bras. So see? Uh, as my mom would say, it catches all her food. So uh she cannot eat anything without spilling it on her chest. Jesus Christ. I'm the same way, man. It's right on the chest instantly. Um <laughs> So many routes I want to go with it, but I won't. I know. Moving on. Don't. Um, but Ma was so fucking tenacious. And I think this is why I kind of like uh more aggressive, more a little bit, uh, a little bit more mean girls is because of Ma, man. It's it's I see a future, I see ten- ten- tenacity, I see power, mm-hmm. resilience, I see intelligence, I see uh when I am weak and wounded that you will pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. It's like Rebecca. Well, I tell you what, sometimes Rebecca and this show. Here we go. Here we go. 
Jesus Christ. Whenever she gets feisty, that's when I like her more. When she treats Leslie real bad in this show, I'm like, oh, yeah, true bad, girl. True bad. When, when she was yelling at fucking, <laughs> at what's his, at Roy. Oh. Get your hairy ass in my office. And you're like, well, I'm Rebecca. I'm like, girl, can you Rebecca. spill some tea on me or what? <laughs> Make sure it's hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got so many good things on a mom that I reflect on that. And I'm like, oh, I know mm-hmm. one fucking with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, if I can't figure out what dad stuff that's inside of me or my stuff that's inside of me, minus some of the toxicity and violence. Mm-hmm. I'll be solid. I, I can negotiate or put the fear in God or the wrath of God into anyone with those two knuckleheads. Uh, I am confident in my abilities because I've watched and my neurodivergent ass can mimic everything. Mm-hmm. Random side note. Obviously, people that listen to us know that my mom, before she passed, was a drinker. Um, so I was doing yard work the other day, Spence, and I go, I'm looking, sitting down in the garage because, you know, I'm fat and I'm tired. Right. And my dad, he said, I said, you know, Ma would be proud. He said, I know she would. And I said, you don't even know what I'm talking about. He said, what? what? I said, the fact that I had two shots of tequila and a Red Bull and went back to doing yard work. He said, damn, she would be happy. <laughs> Yo, mama. Yeah, she'd be so proud. Oh, my God, man. She would be so happy. He said, that's my son. <laughs> Not that my yard looks nice, but that I had two shots. Uh, I know it's fucked up, but I'm, I promise you, it's not me razzing. They're like, she would be so fucking happy. She would make her Long Islands and knock out like 10 hours of yard work, boy. She was, um, I'm telling you, boy, she was a fucking grinder. Um, and I, I hated that back then, but now that I'm able to like relax a little bit and I allow myself to drink this last two weeks. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have to be so fucking wound up and anxious and like always producing. I can just relax. Right. I've been telling my dad I'm turning into Ma. <laughs> um, he's been cracking up. I love Ma. As you love your Ma, as you think about things that you love about Pops, you got things that you love about other friends or relatives, aunties, mm-hmm. uncles. You And then there's some things you don't. Uh, yeah. Remember people. Can hold on to both of those emotions and both of them being true at the same time. They don't have to negate each other. I'm staying on this because a lot of you knuckleheads might have never heard this. The two existing competing emotions can live without you trying to prove one to the other. You could hold people accountable. You don't necessarily have to forgive everyone, but you can hold people accountable uh, and then continue to love the good parts. And then if you know if they were hurtful then you holding them accountable means that they don't get to be in your life until they make more changes. Uh, so not necessarily talking about forgiveness here, talking about accountability and making sure that you're regulated. Um, so where we go? Uh, in here, I talk about, so this is funny. The ma says, well, damn, she didn't say that. That would have been my ma. She goes, well, your therapist must be really good. I don't know what's going on with you, but it's working, honey. And he's like, can't wait to tell her what the fuck just happened today. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going to tell uh, whatever your therapist named that. Yeah. Like, well, there's a lot of fuck yous. So. Yep. 
Can you imagine? I, and the funny thing is, is I have clients, they're like, I have them journal in their note. I have them just write stuff in their phone. And they're like, well, I can't wait to tell Nas about this this week. Uh, sometimes it'll be an argument with their partner, panic attack, uh, maybe a proud moment that happened, but it'll be something like they'll literally think of me and like can't wait to tell me. And that brings me so much happiness and joy. Like, I got a whole list of shit. I'm like, let's get in it. And I think all my clients always want me to like, they'll go through the list and want me to attack every single one in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, motherfucker. Go through the list and then I'll pick what I want to talk about. I don't want to spend th- this conversation. I know I want to spend 30 minutes on shoes. Like <laughs> <laughs> when you're gonna talk about like how your girlfriend just tried to, you know, commit suicide, like we should probably spend time on that. Nah, let's talk about the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about shoes. Um, sometimes I look at clients like, why the fuck didn't you bring this up sooner? Well, you were like on a whole tangent. Uh, so I just thought that was funny. I have, I have moments where I'm like, I can't wait to tell Colin or Spencer this. Certain moments with the clients, I be like, Hey man, I've been meaning to tell you this for a while. And they're like, what's up? Cause they, they've changed the place where they sit. And I said, you don't sit by the window anymore. You sit you know, over by the kitchen or something like that. I said, uh, so we talked about some other things, how they don't like via zoom because they're paying attention to themselves and they're judging and all that themselves. And mm-hmm. it adds a lot, it adds a lot of emotional intimacy to therapy and a lot of like things I can pick up on and laugh about. I said, mm-hmm. uh, I always enjoyed why, why having you sit over there because sometimes the light will hit your eyes in a certain way and they like glow and it's the fucking most beautiful thing there is kid. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And they got all perked up and they said, I can turn the light on. And I said, don't, don't worry about turning the light on kid. Uh, I bring these things up because, like, I'll have things that I want to talk about. Or just they'll be the most random things where I'll be like, I thought about you this week. And they'll be like, what, you did? And I was telling someone to, like, start crocheting. And then I thought about who you, how you crocheted and your OCD as fuck. And you gave up because there was one line wrong. <sighs> She's like, I hate that fucking crochet thing. It's still sitting in the corner judging me. I, I I use other people's stories to help others. Obviously, you omit names. But mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need me, the therapist. You need someone else's words that I've heard. It's, it's not always me. Right. I wrote it in an email the other day to a kid. I said, in that moment, this person needed your words, not mine. You said this statement to me maybe three, four months ago. You made this person stop having a panic attack. Maybe not have suicidal ideations and thoughts. I thought you should know that you made someone happy. I thought you should know that I told her that I would send you this email that you made her happy. And thus, it would make you happy unless it made her happy. Spider-Man's gone. She sent me an email back uh, probably a week later. He said, thank you. She said, I didn't cry through your email. And as soon as you said she needed your words, not mine, I started sobbing. I said, I know. I cried a little bit too when I wrote that sentence. I got you. I got you. You never know how your thing's going to affect someone in the future. So I get why Ted is so good, man. Right. I get it. And that's the reason why I try to love so hard with students. That's the reason why I tell my boys, I love you. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially some of the ones that, that don't like to say it. I'm thinking about my boy in Detroit. I'm like, yeah, man, get out of here, man. I'm like, you can give me a hug, little, just a little guy. And I just hug him, pick him up, squeeze him. He hates it. 
<laughs> come here, little man. Let me give you a little. Yeah. You just swing him around the room. I'm telling you, I do. <laughs> He's like five foot tall. Really make him make him feel it. Yeah, make him feel, make it. Him feel it. He hates me for it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what your mama said? I protected you. No, you go hug me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the last statements I got here. Ooh, what Spence brought up. I think the way this could affect you is that it could make a lot of my clients feel like they're not enough. That's what it's going to make it feel like, man. Uh, your your father, mm-hmm. your parent, your loved one, your partner, whatever, they took their own life and thus you're going to maybe put it on you that you weren't enough for them to stay around. They didn't love you enough to make a choice to stay around or to work on themselves. I know I may have felt many of those feelings towards issues that I've dealt with in my life uh, with both parents. Uh, mm. You know, you, everyone says they love you, but you could have made better choices. And you decided to make the wrong choices, knowing that it would take you away or knowing that the alcohol would take you away, knowing that this would take you away. So you say these words, but where was the meaning back then? Mm-hmm. And so I've had discussions with loved ones and family members about this stuff. And I've worked through those things, but this is mm-hmm. different. Right? He lost the person in the moment. There is no discussion. And so yeah. all there is, is I wasn't enough. All there is, is emptiness. Now, Ted's close to everyone and not close to anyone at the same time. You see how he's not, doesn't hang out with a lot of people. He hangs out with beard because the relationship, like you said, uh, but the love isn't just there. It isn't. It is. It's so interesting. He is avoidant while being extremely attached. He reminds me of me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much. Because if I let myself go too, 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 too far, then I know that I could be hurt. And I'm not necessarily always worried about being hurt. Because I've moved so much, I know that you lose people. And I lost so many people that I know that you lose people. Um, but with Ted specifically, he thinks that his kid's going to leave him. Spence thinks that maybe he's going to go to college. I think that he thinks that he's going to leave him because Ted's going to think that he's a piece of shit himself or the kid's going to find out he's a piece of shit. Right. Um, and thus he's going to leave because the kid's like, man, fuck this guy. I think Ted has severe insecurity yeah, issues, severe insecurity issues that he thinks his son will find out and right. thus leave. Mm-hmm. So if he gets close to that boy, now he chances him figuring out that I'm fucking terrible. And now a lot of my people that date, that's the biggest issue. Is what happens if I show them me and they leave? Because they leave if I'm not attractive or if they don't want to hook up this or that, then that's one thing. If they leave because they actually get to know me and like we're in love, and they're like, yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fucking terrible. I have clients that are going through that now. And go... I had a client that went through that and they thought it was completely mm. them. And they're like, Nas, I'm just fucked up and neurodivergent as shit. And I'm too much. I'm too much. Fast forward months and months and months later, they have a follow up conversation with that person. As I thought is that person that had too many issues going on, that had intimacy <laughs> issues had nothing to do with my client. Yeah. But those insecurities can fester, especially if you were traumatized from a young age. And the last thing you want to do is fuck up your kid. So how do you not fuck up your kid? You stay away. 
Mm-hmm. You stay away. And he sees that his relationship with his wife is deteriorating. And so to give her space and to maybe make sure the kid doesn't see it, you take a job in England. Yeah. Uh, so that's why every time Ted has these panic attacks, it's around something that's very father-centric, kid-centric. The first one during the Frozen song, I guarantee you that was a song that he was probably singing with his kid or a show that he was watching with his kid and it fucked him up. Mm-hmm. It's a kid show, right? It's a kid show. Um or it could be like, you know, let it go. Maybe thinking of his dad. There it is. Right there. So, yep. Let it that. go. Letting go of the pain, emotions, thoughts. Maybe letting go and quitting mm-hmm. a job. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe letting go of his wife that they just officially pretty much divorced. Yeah. So, there's a lot of different things that would let it go uh, as we start chopping it up now, mm-hmm. uh, which causes severe anxiety and panic because. If my marriage didn't work out, then maybe I am terrible. Maybe I'm not enough. I didn't think about him being suicidal until you brought that up. There's a very good thought that if things got even worse, that he would have had those intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And that I think that's been like his whole basis around that kind of fear and stuff. It's like, am I going to get to that point? Because, you know, like we said, it's like his dad. It kind of happened out of nowhere for him kind of happened out of nowhere so maybe he thinks like if i get too stressed maybe it'll just happen to me and then Mm. you know i'm gone yep uh remember folks difference between passive thoughts intrusive thoughts and actual intent Mm -hmm. actions and plans you should everyone should know if you made it this far in the past everyone should know uh as humans and animals it's been studied in animals too as we become more stressed, we become more depressed. As we become more depressed over a long period of time, the less and less and less serotonin that we have, the more intrusive suicidal thoughts that we will have. doesn't matter what gender, race, sexuality, does not fucking matter what you are. What you identify mm-hmm. as does not matter. When your serotonin depletes, intrusive thoughts will happen. So a lot of my students will be like, I'm so religious and this and that. This goes against everything. I love my life. And this. That means nothing when you're having a neurochemical imbalance. It means nothing. It will happen. And for some people, it will freak them the fuck out. For some, they'll be okay and they'll move on past it and they won't worry about it anymore. The ones that freak out, it happens again and again and again because now it's overstimulating and it's also kind of exciting for their brain because they're getting stimulation. And so it's a horrible right. cycle of like OCD and intrusive thoughts. Um, Ted. Got a lot of different issues. And people be like, Ted's awesome. And he is awesome. But he got a lot of different issues. Everyone needs support. Mm-hmm. Anyone that gives that much love, Spence, mm-hmm. you got to get investment from somewhere. He loves to see his athletes succeed, grow, change. Yeah. I think his wife was obviously one of the main foundations. Uh, and things got shady with that. So who is he if he can't love his wife? I would assume he was working too much. If you're working college sports, athletics, you're going to be fucking grinding. Yep. You're going to be grinding. You're you're not going to have a life. No, no. Anytime I've seen like coaches and they have families too, um, it's always like, they're like, yeah, these are like our sons and stuff. Like you really have to 
bring in like the players into your family and stuff like that to try and help it like what's going on a little bit you can't really separate those lives you kind of have to blend them together um yeah and so i think that's he's i think he's really done that with his son and stuff like that um even with everything that's happened with like nate and um all the stuff he did he's always um he always found like the goodness and being like this guy's going through something um i love that about him. i'm not gonna kick him while he's down I'm I love it. Keep on him. kicking him. Yeah. He finds the goodness in everyone and he pulls that son of a gun out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He pulls out greatness in everyone. God, everyone needs a Ted in their life. And I am going to say it, most of us don't have that. Right. Because there's not that many people that'll gas you up like that without wanting something from you. Mm-hmm. Just positive, unconditional regard. The only way you're going to get that is a therapist. Hmm. And some coaches will give it to you, maybe some mentors. But even in a coach, it's not just uh, unconditional because the condition is that you're going to do better and achieve in the sport. But then maybe they don't care about the sport like Ted. That's when Beard gets really mad. I'm like, we need to win. Yeah. We didn't come He's here to like, win. Hey, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel a lot of empathy for Ted. I think a lot of people did not see this coming. But someone mm-hmm. as positive as him and happy-go-lucky as him, other people like me that are damaged, I say damaged in a loving way. I think all of us are damaged in certain ways. I think that mm-hmm. we need to find beauty in those things and continue to move forward with some of those damaged pieces. Um, but I think people like him that put on that show, we can see it in others. We're like, okay, all right, homie. I don't know who hurts you, but I got your back. Mm-hmm. It's easy to tell that the people that are angry or sad or anxious or depressed or or have have been a little damaged. It's hard to tell that the happy-go-lucky ones have issues or been through things. It's like, oh, their life is fine. You don't know their life. So stop judging people. You don't know their life. You don't know what they're going through. Uh, Ted, very complicated character. Uh, Loved him to death. I'm glad that I finally got to the show found the show on my own yeah of course you did no help at all and nobody's been telling you for a couple of years now to go yeah. check it out my fucker watched beef before this but it's fine it's fine yeah i got to like five shows before this uh yeah thanks appreciate that and if you think about it though everything was kind of destiny though i got i got to watch it all literally right before shut the finale up. shut your face bro shut your shut chubby up. beautiful brown face God, fucking! It's all destiny. No one. It's manifest. You know what would have happened if you watched it earlier? You just would have watched it earlier, (laughs) and then we would have kept doing episodes on it. No, I think it was all meant to be for this moment right now that we're sitting. Ass. Well, I'm meant to tell you that you're an ass. So (laughs) this is perfect if you would have been like, you know what? Fuck you, and I also appreciate you for watching it. Appreciate you for watching it. Fuck you. No. Well, can't wait to tell my therapist about this. <laughs> it's, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. Yeah, big surprise there. Yeah. Uh, so as we get out of here, uh, love that I finally got to this. Uh, I think everyone should check this out. I recommended this to multiple clients already. 
multiple yes. athletes already. Um, I've used multiple quotes and sayings. Uh, there's a bunch of folks mm-hmm. on ESPN and, 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 and CBS sports and all that NBC sports that's saying that they use quotes from this, uh, that yeah. this shit is just gold. Uh, check it out. If you're battling any type of issue when it comes to depression, anxiety, uh, panic attacks, abandonment issues, um, sexism, homophobic like it literally tackles all those issues uh it helps you become a better person this show so that's why we're doing three episodes it helps you become a better person Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm excited to do round three uh, uh, next week yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun so Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, like we said in the beginning, please check out our link tree. has everything in there. Um, you can go on to our Google Drive and um, check out any of the resources that we have in there that could help you out. Um, and then if you do check it out, please uh, donate just something doesn't have to be anything huge no, just something because um, a lot of time and effort went into making that google drive by nas so yep. uh please check that out um we have some june guests coming in like we said before doctors instagrammers we got it all you know it's building it's building up. It's built. we're making an empire neurodivergent people to take over the world yes they will be a lot of Kawhi leonards are coming <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy. Uh-huh. I'm super excited, though. I'm super excited about the people we got coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. And if it's going to be awkward, it's going to be awkward. Or if it's going to be hella therapeutic, it's going to be hella therapeutic. Uh, it could be wild, wacky, inflatable. From family yeah. guy. Wild, wacky, inflatable. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, hit that like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Comment, do it all. Um, yeah. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. Different Spectrums Podcast. Much much love, people. Uh, if you can't find any good people out there, you need to be one. Everyone needs to start doing a little bit more like Ted. Yeah. All right, corny. Uh, bye. Bye.